Morning everybody, how you doing today? I hope your week is off to a fantastic start. Now let's see if you can follow the bouncing ball because today's topic may seem a little out there, but I swear it makes sense, so stick with me. So this weekend I was uh, trying to relax, but I was also kind of bubbling around an idea in my head and I was working on a video about Fortnite. Now, not a security privacy video, basically an old people guide to being decent at Fortnite so you don't look totally, uh, get totally embarrassed and owned in the game. Um, trust me, it makes sense. That'll be coming out later because it was just fun to make. Um, but while I was doing that, I was doing some research, obviously, and this ties back to a tech column I did in the summer around parent, uh, helping parents understand what Fortnite is. Um, and all these YouTubers that I'm seeing, uh, these Twitch streamers, they're all using the PC version of Fortnite, and that got me thinking, well, wait a minute, I'm playing on a console with a controller, and am I at a disadvantage here? Because the controls are very different. The user experience is different. The literal interface is very different than having, you know, flat map, everything you need to remember, the, the logistical point of the buttons. That got me thinking about Twitter, right? Remember I said follow the bouncing ball? That got me thinking about Twitter, where I've dramatically declined, like have seen my usage of Twitter decline significantly over the last little while. And that's because of the API changes made in August, where my preferred uh, Twitter client, which was TweetBot on the Mac and on my iOS devices, is no longer really effective because it's always behind. The streaming API is gone. So if I want to stay up to date on things, especially at events where, you know, that real-time kind of feed is really important, I have to use the Twitter client. And, you know, spoiler alert, the main Twitter official client sucks, especially compared to TweetBot. So my usage has declined. Then I got thinking about LinkedIn and went, well, LinkedIn is a huge platform. I'm getting massive engagement on LinkedIn, but I don't use it nearly as much again because the interface is really clunky. The user experience is really, really poor, which brought me back around. I told you bouncing ball to um, security and privacy. So as part of my keynote for Sector earlier in the month, and I'll, I'll relink that out here. Um, one of the things I called out was um, passwords. Right? So we always blame users about passwords, even though we gave them horrible guidance for years and years and years. But a prime example of misunderstanding of users, um, uh, of risk around passwords, uh, comes down to when you're typing in a password, you get that um, sort of asterisk or ball or star obscured. You can't see what you're typing. There's a reason for that. If you know the reason, you make a lot more intelligent decisions around when you implement this design pattern. So the reason for that is to prevent shoulder surfing. If somebody was over my shoulder looking at my device as I'm typing everything in or as I'm tapping in the, the password, um, that obscuring it prevents somebody from physically viewing it. That's why it's there. Okay, so that whole like, oh, you can't paste into password boxes. No, you should be able to copy out of them, paste into them, 100% should be fine. Um, obscuring them makes sense if you've got that risk of shoulder surfing, which is why um, Amazon implemented part of this, part of this pattern where they let you check a box to see your password. They should actually have a warning there to say, hey, check your shoulder to make sure nobody's looking or a video camera to looking to continue to protect your password. But that's just one of a multitude of examples of where security and privacy is an extremely poor user experience and it's leading to really poor security outcomes. Um, Facebook's another great example. I know we talk about Facebook way too much, uh, but Facebook has a ridiculously granular and nuanced permission system and that I can set up this stream only to go to one person. 
right? And I can only allow one person to see this stream. In fact, I do that relatively often for family concerns. Um, if grandparents can't make it to something, I can stream it directly just to them. Um, and that's a nice security lockdown. But it's really tricky to use and it's not intuitive at all. And you know, Facebook says, well, we've tried to simplify it, but what they've done is put in their bias as a platform um, to get people to share more publicly as opposed to in the way they want. And that user experience is impacting the privacy of those users and we see it all the time in security. Um, and not to knock my own employer, but part of a larger challenge, um, anti-malware is a great example. Anti-malware should have almost no interface for the users because anytime you prompt them, what are they gonna do about it? Is there enough information? Is there enough context for a user to take action um, in, in the event of a malware alert? Now, a security team, absolutely. They have a different set of requirements, but if I'm just an average user typing on my machine and a malware alert comes up and says, hey, we quarantined this, do I really need to know? Unless you can link that back to a behavior to try to impact change down the line. Similar with user account control on Windows as well as on Mac, when they ask for elevated privileges, they just pop up and say, give me elevated privileges. You need to be an admin to do this. To do what? What application is trying to gain elevated privilege? And did I, as the user, initiate that application launch? Um, it's a lack of context. And I think you know where I got from this from Fortnite to Twitter to LinkedIn, Facebook to, to security in general, is that user experience is an absolutely critical part of security and privacy. And it's horrendously understaffed and underappreciated at this point. And it's leading some real significant consequences. And it's an area where we need to refocus. We need to ensure that we have strong user uh, experience and user experience versus user interface, by the way. Interface is what we kind of tap or type into or use. User experience is soup to nuts, start to finish. What is the experience of a user about finding out about the product, getting onto the product, using it all the way to closing down your accounts in the future and things like that. So it's the entire experience of dealing with that technology. Um, and that's where the focus needs to be. The interface is a small, small piece of that. So this is an area that's underappreciated in security and privacy, but I think it's absolutely critical because we're trying to convey extremely complicated and nuanced decisions and concepts to users. And we're doing them a disservice by not giving them the tools they need and not giving presenting it in a manner that lets them make those decisions. So something to think about today, um, how do you handle user experience? Do you have user experience developers on your team? Do you consult with user experience experts? Um, do you even know about user experience as a discipline? Um, how do you think it impacts your security, your privacy? Let me know online at MarkNCA. For those of you on the blogs, in the comments down below. And as always, by email, me at markn.ca. Hope you're set up for a fantastic Monday. I hope to talk to you online today throughout the week and see you on the show tomorrow. Have a good one.